0: Welcome to another episode of Frankly Speaking. I'm your host Larry Frank and a great Monday to you all. I hope you all had a terrific weekend. We have a great great show installed for you today. Today we are going to have Rob Thompson the owner and creator of Crew Life and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan page joining us live as well as two-time Emmy Award-winning sportscaster. He's been in the Tampa Bay area since 1988. Al Keck will be joining us a little bit later as well. As you know, Mondays, is usually we talk football, whether it's NFL or college. We've called it NFL Football Monday before, but I might as well just call it Football Monday. But we like to start off by just uh, a little bit of news that is outside of uh, of football, and that would be local news that the um, Arkansas Razorbacks, have landed a grad transfer, Jalen Tate. That happened on Friday from Northern Kentucky. Last season, Tate, he's a 6'6", 170-pounder. He averaged 13.9 points, 5.4 rebounds, and 3.6 assists per game. Um, He's basically a 48.5% shooter from the floor, but an amazing 18.5 two-shooter from range. He was also named the MVP of the Horizon League tournament after averaging 19.3 points per contest through three outings. Once again, Eric Musselman and the Arkansas Razorbacks have landed transfer guard uh, Jalen Tate from Northern Kentucky. So some big news locally here. Also... The NFL draft is less than two weeks away. Everybody now knows that Roger Goodell will be holding the draft at his location in his basement announcing the participants who are drafted. He will also pass out, I guess, there's going to be like 58 uh, cameras they send out for like the first 58 picks so people can take pictures and Try to really make it a great experience. That's going to be covered on ESPN and the NFL Network. So that's next Thursday, a week from this Thursday. We will at least have some type of sports going on so that we could watch something on television. Now, I mentioned in a little teaser the other day that we're going to talk about something that... Is very was very, very surprising to me. Uh, Terry Bradshaw had mentioned that Tom Brady might not be the best quarterback in his eyes of all time. And he listed some individuals like, uh, I think Joe Montana was there. Talked about Marino. Uh, might have talked about Jim Kelly on there. But he talked about a couple different individuals. And I wanted to look statistically, I was trying to break it down and see who is the best quarterback of all times. And it really, really amazed me that uh, it wasn't that Tom Brady was up top, but it really surprised me that if you want to have a battle or debate on who's the best quarterback of all time, You know, you can do it by winning, or you can do it by statistics. Tom Brady is up there in both categories. But what really surprised me was, he doesn't have the best stats. There's a man who's still active in the NFL that statistically, now I'm talking statistically, is better than Tom Brady. And that's Drew Brees. Drew Brees... If you, we're going to break this down for you, but none of these uh, older quarterbacks that have retired really come too close. You know, there's a couple, you know, the Marinos, uh, Peyton Manning, who's just retired recently. But a lot of these uh, plays that uh, Terry Bradshaw was talking about don't even compare. Let's look at total passing yards for a minute in a career. Drew Brees has 77,416 passing yards. Leads the career passing yards over Tom Brady, who has 3,000 less passing yards uh, at 74,571. Then you got Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, and Dan Marino surprisingly Eli Manning is seventh on that list now if you want to break this down even further people say well what do players do in the playoffs and we're going to get to the playoffs in a minute but I want to also break this down by who has the most passing touchdowns in a career and who is number one Drew Brees 547 touchdowns to Tom Brady at 541. And when you look down the list, uh, you know, Marino is until fifth at 420. Now, most of these players have played right around 15 to 20 years. So let's say it's pretty even there. But when you go down the list, you don't even see, okay, I'm looking I can't find these people. Joe Montana is not to number 17th. 17th on the list. Dan Fouts, who he talked about, isn't till 21. Dan Fouts threw 254 touchdown passes. Okay, that is less than half of what Drew Brees or Tom Brady has thrown. Now, if you want to argue once again, Drew Brees and Tom Brady, that is fine. So you go down to the next statistic. What else can we judge these guys on? Let's go passer rating for a career. You go to the passer rating for a career. Number one passing in a career rating is Aaron Rodgers. Number two is Russell Wilson. Guess who's number three? Drew Brees. Number five is Tom Brady. Marino's not even in that top 10. Uh he's not even in the top 20. Joe Montana is number 15. I asked Terry Bradshaw, "What are you talking about? None of these guys compare to Tom Brady or Drew Brees." Let's talk about You know, one of the things I always talk about is percentages. I love talking percentages. So, let's talk about pass completion percentage. In a career, who has the best? It's, oh, Drew Brees. My goodness, none of the guys Terry Bradshaw is talking about. You know, the only category that Tom Brady is low on is this one. He's not till number 16 at 63.8%. Okay, let's talk about interceptions percentage. Everybody here talks about interceptions. You know, they talk about how Jamin Winston isn't great because he throws too many interceptions. Who has the lowest pass, pass, um, I'm sorry, interceptions? Let's find out who that is in a career. Okay, pass interception percentage. Number one, Aaron Rodgers. Okay, Tom Brady is fourth on that list. And I'm looking for Drew Brees is 16th, 2.3 interceptions. So if you look at these things and I break them down, I have no idea what Terry Bradshaw is talking about. I'm confused. There's not even a comparison Football back then was more of a running game. Today, it is more of a passing game. Now, a couple of fans wanted me to break this down even more. And I'm going to really do this quickly for you. But Tom Brady in the playoffs, listen to this stat, has thrown for over 11,000 yards. Why? Because he's been in a lot of playoffs. That's part of winning. He won six Super Bowls. He deserves credit for that. So if you want to talk about passing yards, and I'm breaking this down for you the best I can, folks, so just stay with me a minute. In a career, 11,388 yards in the playoffs in the playoffs he has thrown for over 11,000 yards let's look where's joe montana oh joe montana threw for five a little under 6,000 yards in the playoffs i just don't understand how people can try to compare these two people together now i was always taught that a quarterback is also judged By how many fourth quarter comebacks do you have? So, I looked up fourth quarter comebacks. Peyton Manning's leading the way. Tom Brady and Drew Brees are neck and neck. Neck and neck in fourth quarter comebacks. Tom Brady has 36 in his career. Drew Brees has 35. That, that That's just incredible. And I still can't see. Now, if you talk about playoffs, this is amazing, guys. Tom Brady has nine fourth quarter comebacks in the playoffs. Tom Brady arguably is one of the greatest quarterbacks ever to play the game of football. And... If you want Terry Bradshaw to even come close to comparing him to someone, the only person to compare him to is Drew Brees. And you just said in your interview that, well, maybe he's not better than Drew Brees. Maybe he's better than Drew Brees. But none of these other guys. You are wrong. Statistically, I just proved to you that the competition between who the number one quarterback of all time is either A, Tom Brady, or B, Drew Brees. And it is a great debate. We'll be back right after this break. Control that disease. Coronavirus is running wild. It's a pandemic, as they say. So make sure, you know, the usual wash your hands often, multiple times, make sure you have social distancing. That's valuable as well. And also for yourself. Make sure you exercise a little bit. That's what I do during this period of time. I exercise more than ever. Lightweights, walk for at least an hour a day. Even if it's around the house, something simple. But keep your body and mind sharp. I'm also working out on social media, on different concepts, learning different things with Instagram, with Facebook, with Twitter. Yes, you can follow me on Twitter, slash V if you like. I would love you to follow me. And remember this, I want to simply say to Jason and Tammy out there, you do a great job helping to raise awareness and raise Dollars for DIPG PG, which is unbelievable that brain cancer takes lives, as you know, losing your beautiful son Chad. Remember this, everybody, be Chad tough. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking. Want to remind you in a few moments we're gonna have Rob Thompson, the owner and creator of Crew Life and the Buccaneers family. Uh Facebook page is going to join us. Also, later on in the show, two time Emmy award winning sports caster Al Keck, will join us. So, we still got a great, great show left for you today. Want to remind you all if you have any questions, concerns, thoughts on any of our podcasts, please go to Frankly Speaking 528. 528- At gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. You can go to my Facebook page. Yes, we got a Facebook page. Frankly speaking, look for the stadium. Click on it. Like us. Follow us. A lot of good sports news. A lot of good information comes on that page for you. As well as all of our podcasts. Also, you can follow us at Larry Frankis. That's with a U.S. at the end. On Twitter. Also want to remind you that we are getting bigger and bigger and bigger and have a lot more followers than we've ever had before. If you want to donate to Frankly Speaking and keep this show going and get us more and more and more great pieces of equipment so we continue to have terrific guests like Rob Thompson and Al Keck on the show and people like Rich Herrera. And guess what? This Thursday... Don't miss our show. We got Vader Pinson Jr. That's right. The son of the great Vader Pinson, who played for the Cincinnati Reds in the 60s, will be joining us, and we will talk about his dad's career and whether his dad should be or should not be in the Hall of Fame. So that's a show you won't want to miss this Thursday. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my uh, pleasure to now introduce you live on the Frankly Speaking hotline. We have the owner and creator of Crew Life and the creator of Buccaneer fan page, Rob Thompson from Tampa, Florida on the phone. Rob, how are you doing today? I'm doing great.
1: It's, uh, It's awesome to be here with you.
0: Thank you, Rob, for joining us. Uh, before I ask you anything, uh, Rob, I want to ask you during these uh, challenging times right now in the Tampa Bay area, how's you and the family doing right now?
1: Uh, well, we're doing good. My wife works for a doctor, so uh, you know she's she's out and about. Luckily, she works in a field that she doesn't see patients, so uh, you know she's at work, and I work retail, so I'm kind of you know right now uh, just sitting at home because there's nothing to do where I work. So. Um, other than that, uh, you know, my son, I'll give you this, uh, for, for the 2020 seniors, I feel feel, feel for them, uh, my son's a senior um, baseball player, and uh, he didn't get to complete his senior season, so it's, uh, that's, I think the roughest part for, for us is seeing him not to be able to do what he should have been able to do with senior, you know, being a senior.
0: Oh, I completely understand that. We wish him the best Uh Let me ask you a question. I want to talk a little bit of Buccaneer football, and I know that's something that interests you a little bit. Um, I remember 2003. I lived down there for 36 years. The Bucs win the Super Bowl. And I thought there could never be anything better for the Buccaneers or bigger for the Buccaneers than winning the Super Bowl. Then they go out this year and they signed Tom Brady to a two-year deal. What I want to ask you, Rob, tell me about the moment you found out the Buccaneers signed Tom Brady, and what was your initial reaction right when you heard it?
1: Um, I'm a little different than everybody else. I have a friend that gets a little inside news, so I, I got told before it was announced, um, pretty much, I think it was a day before, it's a friend of yours as well, ebor Buck. And, uh, he texted me and said, it's, it's a done deal. They're, they're going to announce it soon. And, uh, he posted it and people kind of doubted it. And, uh, you know, but at that point you're going, wow, we just got to one of the best quarterbacks of all time that came here to Tampa. It's like having a rock star move into the neighborhood, you know, and, uh, you know, basically, that's that's what, uh, I, you know, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. Um, he just brings that excitement. He gives you that feeling that something great's about to happen.
0: Now, he's had, you can't deny the 20 great years that he's had up in New England. In your heart, now, I think we all realize we're not going to get the Tom Brady in Tampa Bay that played for New England 10 years ago, uh, but... In your honest opinion, do you think he still has something left in the tank where he can push the Buccaneers to the Promised Land?
1: I, I think he does, and and I'm gonna tell you why. Because last year, if you watched him, he he did not look as good as he was at the end of the season, you know, because of who was around him. The the surrounding cast, it put it all on his shoulders. And I don't think as a 42-year-old quarterback, he still has that, and you put everything on his shoulders. But you put him on a team that has players and playmakers, I think he's still good enough to where it doesn't all fall on him. He can have the players help him. And in New England, last year without Gronk and a lot of the year without Edelman, um, an offensive line was beat up really badly over there. I think it really put so much pressure on him. As, as an older quarterback, he doesn't have that skill set anymore to be the only man on the roster that could could drive the team. Does that make sense to you?
0: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it leads me to my next question. You talked a little bit about Gronk. You talked a little bit about Edelman, and you know, here, at least where I'm from, I hear some waves, you know, and we call them, as you know, you hear a lot of rumors in this business. Do you really need Gronk or Edelman down there? I
1: me for either or or both. I would say um receiving wise I think we're good. We just need to add somebody with the skill set that has a lot of blazing speed and I think we could get that in the draft. Um so Edelman I don't think we need rock on the other hand if uh you know he he's retired and he's property of the Patriots. And uh we actually talked about this yesterday on our uh, podcast and we recorded last night. And uh you know, I, I could tell you that the Bucks would have interest, and in, they're gonna have to trade for him. Um, but I don't know what you would trade for him. And I think if that does happen, OJ Howard's he's out the door. He, he was in the doghouse a lot last season. It, it, you know, you watched a lot of those Bucks games. He was really uh, he disappeared a lot. You didn't see him. And if the balls hit him in the hand, he would he would just you know pop out. And a lot of the interceptions. that that happened with him in the game was because it, you know, it just bounced right off his hands. He just didn't perform at all last year. And Arians called him out a lot for it. I could see him being traded.
0: And, you know, that was my, uh, once again, leading, you're leading right into the next question. OJ Howard, number one pick. I was going to ask you if the Buccaneers do keep him, because they did talk about trading him. You're right at the end towards the end of last year is this a do or die year for him
1: yes i think it is a do or die um and just by how you know bruce was talking about him last year and he's talked about him this year it's almost as if they're trying to to get his stock up to trade him i really do feel that i don't i don't expect to see him on the roster when we open the season i think he'll be traded during draft day that's and that's my guess, obviously, but just we have Cam Brace and we have a couple other young tight ends that uh, that can do the job. And I think uh, OJ, uh, you know, he was just disappointing last year. And I just, you know, and everybody says, you know, Jameis this and Jameis that. They really, it, it, some of his players let him down, and I think OJ was one of the biggest ones with, with how he played.
0: Now, speaking of another individual who had a completely opposite-type year, I was really impressed with last year, and I had the pleasure of having season tickets to Tampa Bay last year, was Ronald Jones. Is he going to be that starting running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I
1: think he's a great number two back. I still think we need RB1. And, uh, you know, we everybody on my podcast is saying, you know, if, we need to draft a offensive lineman in the first round. And uh, that totally goes against BA. And I keep saying we need a running back. We need a true number one running back. And uh, I like Swift out of Georgia as that running back to to team up with him. But, you know, there's – everybody says I'm kind of crazy on that. But I I would say with Brady, you definitely need a running back that catches out of the backfield. And the weakness of Jones is he doesn't have great hands to catch the ball.
0: Now – Everybody knows it's no secret the next two years, Brady and Arians, and then probably after those two years, you may not see either one of them again. Do the Bucks have the next two years what it takes to go deep into the playoffs? Yes,
1: and what I mean by yes, it depends on what they do in the draft and the second phase of free agency. Um, I think they do have to fix their tackle position on the offensive line. Um, You know, hopefully we see Trent Williams get traded or released, or you get a veteran to plug in and move uh, Smith over to right tackle, because I really feel that's his natural position, not left. I think that would help him. It would solidify that line. Um, But you need to fix the offensive line, obviously, with a 42-year-old quarterback so he's not getting killed back there. And then – you just need to plug in a couple players on the defensive side of the ball. And uh, I think with all our pass rush, that's going to hide some of the deficiencies we have in the back end of the defense. And that back end of the defense is young, and he started playing really well at the end of the season. So with, with the leadership that they just brought in with Brady and you know they brought back with JPP, I think they've got some great leaders. I think they've got some great talent. It just it needs to be pushed in the right direction. I think we got some
0: of the players to do it. I'm talking live to Rob Thompson, the owner and operator of crew life. Um, I'm going to read a statement to you and I want you to complete it for me. And I'm putting you a little bit on the spot here. Um, I'm going to go now. The bucks have seven picks as you know, in the 2020 draft as of now, Right. um, with the 14th pick in the 2020 NFL draft, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers select.
1: Swift out of Georgia, running back.
0: Is that so? That's a, you think they're going to go for the running back over a tackle?
1: I do just because if you've listened to Bruce over the last couple of years, when he talks about drafting young offensive linemen. He says, if you draft a young offensive lineman, you're drafting them for the next coach. And so if he's going off of what he said for the last, uh, you know, this is the second season, he's repeated that over and over and over. I just don't feel as if we are going to go offensive tackle or offensive lineman. Now, I say Swift, and I say that with re- reservation, because if they could trade back, I think Swift is the way they go. If they don't and they can't trade back, don't be surprised if they take, you know, the best receiver on the board. If you have somebody with speed or if you have a defensive lineman or in that you can put, you know, plug in there because JPP is not getting younger and you have uh, Barrett back on a, a tag. So you really got to start planning that defense, you know, for some replacements. But I wouldn't be surprised with running back or defensive lineman in that spot. But I, I really feel since, you know, we passed on Gavin Cook, the year when we took O.J. Howard, that was the death sentence for Jameis Winston. If we would have taken him, Jameis Winston still would be our quarterback because you have the play action. Over the last – you know, you, you were at the games. You're, you're sitting there. You know the Bucks can't run the ball consistently. So you knew it was going to be pass plays, and it just made it predictable, in my opinion, for Jameis, and it hurt Jameis. Mm-hmm. And if Jameis ends up somewhere else where they give him that play action, kind of like Tannehill went to – uh, Tennessee last year, you'll see Jameis Winston become a star quarterback in this league, and he'll cut the turnovers out. You just can't put it all on his shoulders. And I think that was our, that was what we did wrong with Jameis, and now we need to fix it for the next quarterback.
0: If you are a guessing individual, Jameis Winston, and I actually am a Jamein, Jameis Winston supporter, I do think, as you just said, that he's going to be a very successful quarterback down the road for somebody, where do you guess he goes this year? Well, I really feel
1: that the best place for him to go would be to Pittsburgh. I would take any contract they offered, go sit behind Big Ben, because Big Ben is up there in age, and he's coming off a major injury. you know. And it's a stable situation where he could go there and learn behind a great quarterback, and he might get in the game this year, get on the field, and be starting quarterback again this year. I think that skill set and what they run over there, it really fits what he does well. Um, The worst place for him to end up, I can tell you, is Jacksonville. Jacksonville would be, I think, the worst place for him to go because they don't know what they're doing, and he needs to be in a stable situation with a great coach that's not going to be changed after the season. I think in Jacksonville they're they're getting ready to clean slate, and and they're trying to, to start over for next season. To be honest. So I, I think that'd be the worst place and the best place would be
0: Pittsburgh. I'm talking to Rob Thompson, owner and operator of Crew Life. Rob, before I let you go, why don't you explain, especially to, well, I guess all our listeners, but I know we have a great following down there in the Tampa Bay area on a little bit about your webpage, your podcast, how they can follow you talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay, the, the Crew
1: Life started up in it was kind of a play on words. See, I'm a very big music fan, so uh, you, you kind of get where "crew" comes from. It's Molly Crew. I'm, I'm kind of, I love those 80s music, the 80s music, and that was my favorite band. So we kind of did a play on that because here in Tampa, they could be part of the crew with a K. We started a crew with a C R U E, and uh, it took off. It, we started a page in December, and before we knew it, we had uh, 500 members in a week. And uh, it, you know, right now we're up to about 1,600 members on our Facebook site. Um, and it's you know, when I say members, it's not just you know, you know, random people that don't love football. I'm talking about big nasty. I'm talking about Bucknuts. I'm talking about Chris Elmore, uh, Buck Addict. I'm I'm talking about Captain Tim. It, it's the fanatics. We're all on there, and it's a positive place. It's not. We don't get on there and and uh, down our team and all that stuff. It's somewhere where everybody goes to hang out and wants to talk positive. And we even got family members uh, from uh, some of the players that are on there and former players like Chidi Anatu. So it's something where we started up with a positive message and it stayed that way and it's kind of grown. Um, Last year, what made it kind of really hit, we did what we call the tailgate tour. Uh, We brought four fans in for the last game and we started off with a tour of One Buck Place. And we took them, and the COO of the Buccaneers, uh, Brian Ford, um, he took us around the a place with these fans that never been to Raymond James Stadium. And uh, from that point, we had a meet and greet with all the fans in the area. And then, and then on that Sunday, we took them to two tailgate parties that was all-inclusive and introduced them to everyone and then took them to the game for free. And we called it the tailgate tour and brought some fans together. We we made some people's dreams come true going to Raymond James and uh, this year we're doing the same thing, if God willing, that we're having a season. Um, you know, we're we're gonna do the same thing. We've got some sponsors in place and uh, you know the the cool thing about our site and about our page is we have sponsors and when I say sponsors I use that word loosely because they're sponsoring our fans of our page. We make nothing off of our sponsors. It's all given away. Everything that we get, we turn it into prizes. We turn it into uh, giveaways. Um, every week, we give away a gift card for a restaurant for the fan of the week. Um, and we have a sponsor that does that. Um, so we're having fun over there. So if, if you're on Facebook, how you look us up is uh, Crew Life and put C R U E L I F E in the search bar, and it self populates um and just ask to join and say you you heard us heard about us word of mouth and uh our moderators will get you into the thing um our podcast uh right now is on YouTube if you go on YouTube and type in crew life uh, with a c again um it will populate and just hit subscribe um my co-host uh I have the the mayor um if, if you guys have been around with uh, all the bucks games I know you were season ticket holder I I know you've seen him around um guys because he, he's just so personal, uh, personable. He, he's one of those guys that everybody likes to be around. He takes photos, videos, and he puts every week uh, a big story up with a videography, basically. Um, he's the co-host, and I've got Rick Bench, um, which is uh, it's funny. We, we hooked up years ago when our kids were six coaching baseball, and he's a diehard Bucks fan and a diehard baseball fan. That's his thing is baseball more than even football. Um, but we get on there and we have fun on the podcast and we, we do like you do. It's just getting, getting people together and, uh, bringing the best out of people.
0: Well, I personally want to thank you for joining us today and taking some time out of, I know you busy day. And, uh, I honestly look forward to doing this again. If we have the opportunity in the future.
1: Yes, I definitely look forward to it and I'm going to get you on our podcast and, uh, uh, get you on with the guys, uh, and just to let you know, uh, you think it's an offensive lineman in the first round, right? Is what you're going with? Yes. for The Bucks. Yes. Okay, so so your team, Rick, and Team Clevin, we have we have a little bet going on. And, you know, obviously, when you're in a tailgate or you're around your friends, you put a little you put a little wager. So they, they their bet with me is if you know, if I win, I get uh, two bottles of Red Stag, which is my favorite uh, whiskey, and if, if I lose, I have to pay them up. So you got to tune in to the podcast, and I'm going to give you a little little thing if I can, a little tease for this week's podcast. I think, I think you will like this. I'm going to ask you for an answer if I could before we cut off. Do you have time?
0: Yeah, go right ahead.
1: Okay, this week's podcast, we did something different. Everybody wants to do a mock draft. We went back in time to all the Bucks history and said you have five rounds to pick five players from any teams to add to the 2020 roster. If you had that first pick of any player to fix the deficiency on our team to get us into the Super Bowl, what player would you take from the Buccaneers' history? And that's my question to you, Frank. What would you pick out of all the Bucks in the history of the Buccaneers to fix our deficiencies?
0: Wow. That's a great question. Uh, you know... <laughs> I I was a very, very big Leroy Salmon fan. hmm And I would that. And he was the number one pick ever in the history of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, so it's for me.
1: <sighs> now remember, it's to fix the deficiencies of the 2020 team. You're wanting to get him to the Super Bowl. That's the whole thing with this. It's not the legend. It's the best to fit to fix what we have right now.
0: You know, it's a great question. And I'm trying to, I mean, we obviously need an offensive lineman. You know what I would say, and you're going to, you might laugh at me. It would either be a former Buccaneer to fix it. Rodney Barber. Hey, you can't go wrong with Rodney Barber.
1: And, uh, I'll give you a little. We were going back with four of us. Our producer was going in with this. And it was, the I, I would say, the, the most fun I've had on a podcast arguing our points why our team was the best <laughs> with, with the additions that we made. And you're going to laugh at my first pick. I'm going to tell you my first pick. I'm so sick and tired of us losing games because of our kicking game. I went Martine Automatic grammatica.
0: Well, all right. Makes sense. And then you know, and so I went tackle my next
1: pick. So you know, you know where you are going. But it gives you, it gives you a little thought of, of uh, bringing back history and thinking about the good times as well as uh, fixing what we're hoping to be good times in 2020. But uh, I, that that's something we did on our podcast this week, man. And I I want to get you on because I know you've had fun with us doing some of these kind of podcasts.
0: Absolutely, I'd love to do it. You stay in touch, my friend, and stay safe over there. Okay. You.
1: Too off you and getting on your show.
0: Thank you. We will be back right after this message. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking. What a great, great conversation with Rob Thompson um, of the owner and operator of Crew Life. You definitely want to listen to his podcast as well. They do a terrific job over there. And we want to thank him for coming on our show In a few minutes, we are gonna have two-time Emmy Award-winning sportscaster. He's been covering sports in the Tampa Bay area since 1988. We're gonna have Al Keck on. Wanna remind everybody that on this Thursday, Vader Pinson Jr. will be joining us live on Frankly Speaking. We'll be discussing. His dad's career with the Cincinnati Reds and what it's going to take to finally get him into the Hall of Fame. So you don't want to miss this Thursday with Vader Pinson. Also, if you have any questions, thoughts, concerns that you want to talk about, please go ahead and reach us on our email at franklyspeaking528.gmail.com. Follow us on our Facebook page. Frankly Speaking, and also on Twitter, at Larry Frankis. That's with the U.S. at the end. Now joining us on the Frankly Speaking hotline is two-time Emmy Award-winning sportscaster that has covered sports uh, since 1988 in the Tampa Bay area. It's Al Keck. Al, how are you this morning? I'm doing well,
1: Larry, and hopefully uh, everyone is healthy and you're
0: Yes, yes, thank you very much. Um, let me ask you a question, now. You've been covering sports in the Tampa Bay area. I moved there in 1986, and I had lived there for 36 years before just recently moving. Um, in the 30-plus years that you were in, have been in Tampa, um, what's it like for the first time not having any sports to cover?
1: Well, it's, a, it's really strange this time of year because there was so much, you know, optimism for the Tampa Bay Lightning, especially after the playoffs, you know, the disaster last year. Um, I, you know, I feel like so many people thought that you know, the Lightning would get it going again in the uh, playoffs. And then, you know, a lot of optimism surrounding the Rays this season coming into this season and for good and for good reason. And then, yeah, it doesn't even count Tom Brady uh, coming to the Buccaneers. So it is something of a very strange time as far as sports here in the Tampa Bay area is concerned, obviously, but obviously it's like that all over the world. So, uh, but at at least, you know, Tampa Bay was in the, uh, or you can still say he's still in the forefront of everyone's mind when it comes to the national football league uh, with the Tom Brady side. So, um, you know, it is a strange, strange time, but then every part of our existence right now seems to be very strange.
0: Now, is, Al, is Tom Brady, is it enough for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to get him back deep in the playoffs?
1: I'm not that concerned about Tom Brady. I'm more concerned about everyone just jumping aboard the bandwagon and saying that defense is totally fixed. Because I've watched that defense, you know, every play over the last few years. And, yeah, they played well at the end of last season. Uh, But you're still counting on a very young secondary to continue to develop. Can they continue to do that? gets hurt? Uh, what happens if Dominican's Suh gets hurt? And, you know, Devin White is still a very young linebacker, so there's a lot of youth, a lot of question marks, and there just seems to be this, you know, the, this feeling that this defense is just going to continue to uh, thrive. And there's so many ifs there on that defense to me, and if this defense doesn't play well, then, you know, the Bucks are in a in the same situation that they have been. Now they averaged 29 points per game with Jameis Winston and all those turnovers a year ago. Obviously, I don't think Tom's going to provide those turnovers. But uh, you know, Tom Brady is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time for a reason. He hasn't fallen off that cliff yet, like Peyton Manning did when it can't. You know, when his abilities just seemed to disappear overnight. And uh, I, I think Tom Brady is an incredible signing for the Bucks. in that for the first time since their Super Bowl years, he, he's now made them relevant. You know, uh, you know, if the Bucks win on Sunday, everyone's going to be talking about it. If the Bucks lose on Sunday, everyone's going to be talking about it. And so it's just for this franchise, I think for this area, um, for these football fans, it's a great place to be, and it'll be a fun season, if, you know, if in fact they do play.
0: Now, could this possibly be the first time where the city of Tampa, let's say the defense does, they make some moves, they tighten up that defense, especially in the secondary area, the corners. Is it possible that Tampa Bay, for the first time since I remember, where they could possibly win the trifecta. You got the Rays, you got the Lightning, and you got Tampa, you know, the Bucks. I would say if you had to pick any year, if they do play, this would be the best year of any?
1: Well, it, it certainly could be. And, and again, unfortunately, with this, you know, coronavirus uh, canceling so many things, there would have been an, an incredible situation with the uh, WrestleMania and, uh, you know, everything going on here. Uh, there were some NCAA tournament games that were canceled that were to be played here. It's just... The uh, the city of Tampa and uh, the Sports Commission worked very hard to get in this situ- to get in this place, to get in this place to where, you know, with the Super Bowl coming here and everything else going on, that they worked hard to get App at the forefront of everyone's mind when it comes to sports. So it's uh, you know it's really too bad that you know it's in many ways tragic that these events will not be coming here. Obviously, I think the Super Bowl. I I, I really believe that the NFL season will be played and that the Super Bowl will be played here. But uh, it's still you know it, it, it's still sad, especially when you think about what could have been you know, with the lightning and how much of a baseball season we'll get, you know, I, I think the Rays still have all the pieces in place to be, you know, really, really good. Um, uh, but you can have all the pieces in place. And all it takes is a couple of injuries. And, uh, it's so hard to say now with people not being in spring training and, uh, you know, not being in the, in the best of shape when they do come back, just how good they'll be.
0: Absolutely. Um, You know, you're talking about the Rays, and I can't let it go without asking the question about this two-city proposal that Stu Steinberg is trying to do with Montreal. What's your thoughts on that?
1: I think it's the most asinine idea I've ever heard. And I say that in that, you know, people have very short memories, and Major League Baseball couldn't get out of Montreal fast enough And it was so bad in Montreal that Major League Baseball bought the Expos themselves and moved them themselves. And so how is this suddenly an incredible market in need of baseball that just absolutely has to have baseball? They still have the same problems that they had when the Expos left. They don't have a ballpark that can, you know, support a Major League Baseball team or bring people in or get people to want to go in and watch. They have the same stadium. Now, granted, there are plans there, but those plans are no more advanced than the plans of the, you know, ballpark that was uh, going to be built in Ybor City down here. So, I now, if Sternberg had said, okay, here's my idea. I'd like to split with Charlotte or I'd like to split with Vegas, or you know something like that, Portland, Oregon, you know something ridiculous like that. To me, that at least I, I can see part of that, but I I just don't see this happening. First of all, I if you can't get a ballpark built down here for a full season, what makes you think you're going to get a ballpark built down here for a half season? And the same thing in Montreal. It just makes absolutely no sense. And, you know, I'm hoping it's one of those negotiation ploys that if the Rays have a big year and minds finally come together and find a way to finally, uh, you know, make baseball work down here the way that it should, you know, I don't blame Sternberg for being as upset as he's been because he has certainly put the product on the field and there has been no urgency from the fan base in this area to really go and support this team. Now, they support this team on television. You know, they support this team with the broadcast. Uh, they don't support this team by going to the ballpark. You had to sell out the very first game in Ray's history, and then you have to go years before you find another sellout. And it's not like you're playing in baseball's worst division. You constantly have the Yankees and the Red Sox, you know, coming to town. So, this area which has a deep and rich history when it comes to baseball, just has never really, you know, stood up and supported this team the way that they've supported the Tampa Bay Lightning. You know, the Tampa Bay Lightning is now one of the, you know, best supported teams in hockey. And, you know, the Bucks have shown when there is a winner and when there is a reason to go watch this team play and it's relevant, that they will go and and support this team. But that's not been the case with the Rays, even though they've had success on the field.
0: Now, you know that area better than anyone. Does it, in your opinion, or will it, in your opinion, make that much of a difference from the number of fans that attend the game if they take that team and just move it towards Ybor City or the fairgrounds, that area, will it draw that much more?
1: Well, I don't know if the fairgrounds is, would really be a place that would draw people. But, you know, I do believe if you were to put it someplace in downtown Tampa and, and the Ybor site has been mentioned, that you will get, you know, more of a Tampa business involvement in this. And, you know, the best way I can look at this is, again, what's happened. You know, if baseball fans in Tampa Bay did the same thing with the Rays as what Lightning fans have done with, the, you know, with the Lightning, it, you know, with the Lightning, there is a, a core of fans that won't let that building not be filled. And, you know, it's not it, it, it's not like you have – you know, 100,000 Lightning fans in this area that's constantly taking turns buying seats to go see these games played. You know, it's a much smaller group, but they are so loyal, and they believe in in supporting this team and going to these games so much. I think a lot of it has to do with the owner, Jeff Dinnick, uh, with the way that he has just really captured and understands and made it possible for uh, Lightning fans, for hockey fans in this area, or fans in this area, period, to go support his team. And it's, he's incredibly unique. He's, uh, you know, I, if I were the city fathers in Tampa and St. Pete, I would do everything I could to make this guy involved for baseball because he's a big believer in the region. He's a big believer in downtown Tampa. And I would make sure he would, you know, get him as, as involved as possible. So um, I, I do think even though, you, you know, I've been here since 88. And so, uh, you know, the back then the Florida Suncoast Dome was about halfway done when I got. And there was so much rivalry between Tampa and St. Pete at the time. And I just couldn't understand it because, you know, there was so much talk about, well, if I live in Tampa, there's no way I'm going to drive to St. Pete to see a baseball game. And I keep thinking, have you ever ever gone to see the Red Sox in Fenway? (laughs) You know, what's it like to go to Dodger Stadium? You know, there's one road in and one road out. You know, Ridley Field is not an easy place to get to. So, you know, it's not that difficult to go to St. Pete to see, you know, one of the best teams of baseball play. It's not. Now, is it the most incredible, you know, exciting atmosphere in that dome? No, it's not. But I'll tell you what, in the middle of August, you know, when we've had that summer and it's Groundhog Day every day when you walk outside and it's 95 degrees with incredible humidity and it's about ready to rain any second. You know, I mean you walk into that nice cool building and you don't care so much about atmosphere after that. You just want to see a little baseball because you're nice and cool.
0: Right. I'm talking live to Al Keck, two time Emmy Award winning sportscaster here on Frankly Speaking. Al, before I let you go, we have a couple minutes left. Um like you said, you've been doing sports in the Tampa area since nineteen eighty eight. If I had to ask you a two-part question, number one, your most memorable moment in sports, while you've been a sportscaster, and what would be the one thing yet that you would love to see just to put that exclamation point on a great career?
1: Oh, man. Uh, well, over my career, my the most, uh, most fun of in Tampa. I was working in San Diego before I got here and it was uh, covering the America's Cup and we covered, I covered the America's Cup in Perth, Australia and I was literally the only journalist that went over there to cover it. And we had a crew of about, I think it was four of us that went over and covering that because that was, you know, huge news in San Diego at the time and it became ESPN just started televising it. And with that, it became a huge event around the world. And so to be a part of that and to, um, you know, enjoy that and and really cover it the way that you wanted to was a great thrill. You don't get those opportunities very often. But here, you know, obviously covering the Super Bowl was fun. Uh, But I, you know, I, I, I covered dozens of Super Bowls, you know, over the years. And when your home team is in that game, um, obviously it, 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 it's fun, but the Lightnings uh, Stanley Cup one was really was really a thrill because again I had a news director that time at channel at channel uh, 28 that he understood and I, I went to him with about two months left to go in the season and I said, You know, as it gets closer, I want to do more stuff with the Lightning because the way it's lining up, this team has a chance to do something. And I said, and let's not forget that the Stanley Cup Finals are on our air. And I said, and in a perfect world, all that stuff could line up for us and we could have those Stanley Cup Finals, you know, on our air. And if we had been covering them the way I would like to cover them leading up to that, we could really make something out of this. And so it was a perfect storm. That all came together, and we did exactly that. And Channel Twenty Eight has never had the viewership that they had as you know when the Lightning was you know winning that Stanley Cup. And so uh, that was a thrill—just getting an opportunity to cover something the way you really want to cover it, and to have the support you know from management and that kind of stuff to do it the way you want. Uh, You know that was that was really a, a big big thrill.
0: Well, I want to thank you very, very much for joining us today. Um, It's been my pleasure, and please, please, stay you, the family, stay safe during these challenging times.
1: Well, thank you, Larry. Same to you, and let's hope that we can uh, get back to normalcy sooner rather than later.
0: Absolutely. That was Al Keck live on uh, frankly speaking the two-time Emmy award-winning sportscaster that's been current sports in the Tampa Bay Area since 1988. I hope you all enjoyed our great great show tomorrow. Remember if you have any question topic thoughts, anything you would like to speak about on our show, go to Frankly Speaking 528. 528- At gmail.com, you can go to my Twitter account, follow us at Larry Frankis, that's with the U.S. at the end, and I also want to let you know we do have a Facebook page, Frankly Speaking. Reminder that we will have Beta Pinson Jr. on on Thursday as we continue to try to get more and more and more guests for you So that you can enjoy. It's actually for your listening pleasure. Once again, thank you. And we'll see you all tomorrow. Here on Frankly Speaking.